illuminating beyond you know who we see particularly how we engage with elders like we just see an old person we don't see somebody's stories and we also like often you know there's a, a really broad and unfortunate culture of um, not respecting elders as wisdom keepers Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson. My name is Matt Sanderson. We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world. Are you an IP parent? Hey everyone, this is Ariel Anderson, mom, creator, and consciousness, creativity coach for parents moving toward health. Yes, that is the focus I am so passionate about. And I I have been pivoting a bit here and there, feeling out where my heart truly is. And I realized that empowerment of health through creativity is has been so deep in me and it was so obvious and sitting there and it just keeps popping up in my meditations at the end of the meditation and when there's a softening in my soul during different periods of the month, I find that it just comes and I just, I need to do this. So uh, we will still be sharing incredible stories and deepening empathy and compassion and reminding all of you of the humanness and the imperfection and how important that is to take beautifully imperfect action in our lives to be happy and fulfilled and healthy. And today I have an incredible guest uh, who I found uh, walking through a goddess festival in Sebastopol, California. And she was singing a song that she had created called Yellow Rose and it touched my heart so deeply. I was in tears uh, because it was about elders, elder women, elder grandma, um, And because this is the first Monday of the month, and you know I like to focus on older moms on this day, whether it's my story or someone else's. And I've been really, really wanting to have Maya on, Maya McNeil, and I wanted to have uh, somebody or the topic of elder moms because elders are such a deep part of our society. And we, some of us, are further removed from our elders and others have them deeply embedded into their family culture. And it's something, especially at this time, that I want to come back to and honor. And I love how that reminder that that Maya gave about the wisdom keepers. It just, wow, yes, that reminder, wisdom keepers. And I know that we're not always fully, perfectly aligned with our elders or our our parents, our grandparents, come from a different period of time, but there's something there that's so valuable. And I think it goes both ways, our children being around elders and vice versa. And I think I'm learning that as we're here in the middle of this madness and we're in a household with three generations, which I never would have expected. Um, But it's the right thing, even with all the tensions and things that happen in the midst of it. So uh, I just want to say thank you all for being out there all of you out in in Arizona and in Argentina and in the UK. And I am so honored to be on this journey with you and thankful that you are sharing with your friends episodes and, and keep doing that. That support really helps us and encourages us seeing you guys out there and hoping to hit every continent. There was a lovely review, uh, which said, 
beautiful source of support, five stars. What a calm and supportive podcast. A breath of fresh air for parents. Thank you. And then it says X, and it's from uh, D and N John via Apple Podcasts in Great Britain. Wow, thank you. That's thank you. <laughs> That's I'm so um, honored and blessed to have you out there. And and those of you who don't know, you don't see all these. Uh, half of my uh, reviews you don't see, depending on which um, Apple podcast country you're in. Uh, you don't see it. You only see your country. So I like to share these with you because I'm so thankful. And if you're listening, then I just want you to know I got it and I appreciate it so much. And so today uh, I'm going to say goodbye now and say hello to uh, Maya McNeil because I'm just going to take a moment and be with my daughter before we move into this interview. Uh, It was the beginning of the COVID-19 madness and everything was shutting down. I lost my spaces uh, twice to um, record and I want to say big thank you to Healdsburg Hotel. They're an incredibly beautiful hotel, lovely, helpful, wonderful people who gave us their atrium, their sunroom. And so it's a little echoey, but it was a private space. They even turned off their music for us momentarily, and we're just so thankful. So um, what a gift. And we hope that when everything gets uh, back to semi-normal, if there is such a thing, uh, go on up there and check it out. It's it's a pretty stunning place. Anyway, uh, they didn't pay me for that. I just wanted to say thank you because uh, they were just really wonderful in a time when uh, Maya just had driven over three hours to meet after many months of trying to connect. And she was our last live interview. So at least for now. So here we go. Here is Maya McNeil and myself. And at the end of this podcast, there will be a beautiful song in person, live in that moment that uh, lovely Maya was, uh, was strumming and singing. And I can't wait to share that with you. So see you soon, guys. Have a beautifully imperfect, creative and healthy day. Welcome, Maya McNeil. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit about, you know, who she is before we launch all the way in here. But uh, some months ago, I was at a festival in Sebastopol, and I walked back, and here was this incredible woman and such beautiful energy. And the song that she was singing was about her grandmother. You're going to talk more about that. Uh, which, you know, I know we, we talk a lot about parenting, but one of the things that I really wanted to move towards, uh, especially we have that first month, uh, first Wednesday of every month, we always do older moms. And I really wanted to move towards the conversation about elder moms because they are an important part of family and community. And depending on where you are in the world, uh, that looks different and how people are uh, still connected to their families and communities, and even at different parts of our lives, that changes. So uh, when I heard her song, which so honored her grandmother and relationship, uh, which you'll talk more about, but just when I heard it, my experience was just honoring somebody's life and uh, an experience that uh, we don't always get to hear, and uh, yeah, it really touched my heart. So I wanted to share that with you, and later we will share that with you. I'm really excited. Um, Yellow Rose, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, but first, before we launch into that, I would love to hear, have people understand a little bit who, who, who you are and what you're doing in the world or whatever you want to share. Thank you, yeah. Ariel. This is so nice <laughs> to be on your podcast. Um, I love what you're doing and connecting people. Um, I've been a songwriter um, and an artist for a long time. Um, I started my um, one of my grandmothers, Joe. She gave me her a, a nylon string guitar when I was 18, which um, I started learning different songs and started songwriting. Um, and it was a really super private process for at least a decade. Um, and which a lot of the songs that I've written included, including Yellow Rose, um, which I'll be talking about and playing. Um, I'm in the process of recording right now, which is really great as a full-length album. Um, and yeah, I've started sharing more and really um, stepping into the appreciation that I have for folk music as a social movement, as a way of... Um, telling story in this way that's incredibly important and also our birthright as humans and how we, you know, carry um, not just, you know, our legacies, but our relationship to each other and to this earth forward. And um, in this way that, you know, the narrative really remains in the hands of people. Um, and um, so it's it's been really wonderful to... Um, be able to share that more publicly, and that's definitely I love you know for anything that I create to be able to really you know support that connection, support ultimately how we understand one another, mm -hmm. which is I also care incredibly deeply about how we really see one another, and yeah. and then what can we do together that's you know beyond you know where we're at and where we've been, particularly where we've been really separated mm -hmm. and where we've forgotten who we are, um, and this song. Um, is I, it's about um, my paternal grandmother Anna Garland Douglas, um, who immigrated from Scotland when she was 16, and um, you know she was uh, a kind of an au pair or a indentured, um, you know, a caretaker for mm -hmm. kids when she first came here, and um, and then she just has this incredibly rich story um, of coming here with no family, leaving a you know, a really hard family and community life and level of, you know, of economic um, poverty and um, just really trying to find her own way. And she just really inspired me and informed me and supported me so much. We were, we were really close. Um, and, um, you know, I think of her just an immense amount of, of radiance and wildness. And she was a fantastic artist and painter and, you know, she never had a high school degree, but she put herself through um, a master's program in nursing. And wow. like, you know, as an immigrant, like as a mother of three at a really young age, I mean, she just really broke that, that mold of, um, you know, what we can and can't do. And um, yeah, and I, I also um, was really, you know, present for her dying process through her, you know, moving through this, um, really difficult, strange, you know, uh, just devastating disease of Alzheimer's and dementia and, um, you know, had the blessing of being with her and my family when she took her last breath. And, you know, I, it's like, how do we remember the entirety of a person? And, um, yeah, so that's what I'll, I think 
I really love about a lot of my music and how I write and and strive to write. It's like writing, you know, writing in different stories, writing in different experience, um, inviting people to feel. You know, I, I, if anything, if I can assist people in feeling deeper into themselves and deeper into their connections and deeper into their passions and dreams, like, hey, that's that's pretty great. So yeah, that's a bit about me. And, I really, I just, I get emotional just listening to you because I think, well, now I get it. I had a mere glimpse of connecting with you in December, and I hear you, and I think, now I get it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know um, what do they say, kindred soul or kindred spirit or, or whatever you say, um, because that's yeah, that's very true to my own soul, what you're saying, and uh it's why we started podcasting at all was about um, empathy and understanding and allowing ourselves. It doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen with every person I talk to or every person that you meet. You know, you don't connect with every person uh, in the same way. But when those moments happen, when someone's willing to bear their soul in some way, even as you just began to do now, where you're really being real about your experience, it's a very powerful experience that you went through and that you're working with that through your music is uh, it's part of why many of us listen to music mm -hmm. is to feel mm -hmm. and allow ourselves to feel even those who in daily life might not show it music is that incredible um, place to come to because it can be private it can be out in public it can be whatever but you you know so many of us have had moments you know with tears or joy or whatnot with the music that we choose right. and we choose it because it speaks to us in some way and that there's a greater intention inside of that. Uh, whether it's said, whether somebody who came across your song and never knew that, they will experience it. And I think that's really powerful. And if uh, we had, if each of us inside of our lives had something like that, that we could find and connect to, uh, you know, well, actually, the world would be a better place. I, one of the things that you know, my husband said, "Are really going to move towards people being in purpose and 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 creating inside of the parenting thing?" And I said, "Well, it's not just parents. Ultimately, it's just because the conversation we started was about parents. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, uh, you know, my greatest joy could be if we could affect one another and we could have clarity for ourselves about." each of us, like what we're meant to bring and, and uh, add as a uh, growth and, and beauty or evolving things. It might not always be pretty. It might, I mean, <laughs> Alzheimer and dementia is not a beautiful thing, but there is something inside of that. I mean, I, we also had it inside of our family. But the point is that I think we do all have a gift. I'm, I'm really happy that you found yours because I know that you won't just touch me, but you touching other people and in, in your, um, how your soul is coming through your music. But um, the story that you went through, I can imagine was really powerful. I know that in our family, I just reflected on I hadn't thought about it much, actually, except this morning when I was uh, getting ready. I was thinking about how you know my grandfather and my grandmother on my dad's side, actually, as well, um, were in a home because my grandfather had Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And it just got to such an extreme. It was, I didn't have it in the, I didn't have the personal experience that you did in the daily life or being able to have um, 
I was only with them sometimes. You know, they were quite far away for me. But I remember a moment when my father came to visit, and I had visited them once before, and I, I had said to him, I said, I, I don't have any power here as the granddaughter, but why are my grandparents separated? Mm. And he said, well, you know, it, they were actually originally supposed to be in different parts of the home, like because Alzheimer's is in one side, and she had had a heart attack, so she couldn't speak very well. But they, that was the one thing that my grandparents were so close. She was actually my step-grandmother, but they wouldn't be separated. That was, not a, that was non-negotiable. They were able to somehow communicate that through whatever was going on. But they had separated them in their room. Mm -hmm. They were on different sides. And I said to my father, I think my grandmother's ready to die. Mm -hmm. And they need to be together. Yeah. But they can't communicate it. You know, they just weren't able to do it. So I thought to myself, why, you know, it's one of the, this is just a, a, a piece, but it was just this moment of, you know, why did nobody think about that this couple who has slept together for 30 years didn't yeah. want to be closer together just in general for their mm -hmm. own comfort? We were talking earlier about contact and yeah. human nature and whatever, but I think every story is different. Mm -hmm. In this case, they, yeah, she died three days later, mm -hmm. some few days later, something like that, because she just wanted to hold his hand. Yeah. You know, and this is one of those things that um, we were talking about connection and versus being separated from our families and how, you know, it sounds like your family was, was close and, and was a part of the process. But in daily life these days, one of the things that is sad for me, but it happens to us too, is the separation. We get so wrapped up in our lives. And while all of us love our grandparents, you know, it was more, oh, okay, you know, Let's go and visit them. It was just once in a while. It wasn't a regular thing because of where they were located was hours away. Um, but I have some grief around that. I lived in another country when they died, actually. I went back to Czech Republic at that time I was living there. Uh, and I remember that was the only thing that I, I, I knew that they were where they needed to be. Things happened the way they were meant to. But I was sorry that I hadn't spent more time with them. Yeah. You know, And I think that's one of the things in our culture, you know, uh, different cultures manage it differently, you know? Yeah. And I think we could do better. I think some families are <laughs> lead by example, and but there's many of us that even not on purpose kind of end up getting separated from those generations, which it's a, I'm watching it now because we're temporarily with my grandma, with uh, my mother, and I'm watching my daughter with her grandmother and her mom and her dad and watching how she's evolving differently, mm -hmm. and how my mother is also lighting up, and how important this is to have the generations together or to be connected to their yeah. story, um, and hearing things that I actually thought I knew it all, mm -hmm. and hearing different pieces and watching different things come out. And so I don't know what part of your story you wanna, you yeah. wanna share, but I'm just curious, since you were so close with her, did you guys live near one another? Like, how did you... How did you stay connected as a family, and how did your family work with uh, mm -hmm. elderness? Because you know it's it's uncomfortable sometimes for some for some people. Like, there's a that reminds me I'm getting old, or maybe there was a relationship challenge. Mm -hmm. There's a great. lot of people. I worked with a woman who had who had Alzheimer's, and her daughters were challenge to take care of her and she had some severe dementia she was seeing a little guy running around I was like well maybe she is seeing a little guy we don't know if it's really there no but you know you really don't know um, there was a, a childlike quality that was amazing but I also was watching the dynamic of the you know young people 
well, young people, meaning younger than however old the elder is, um, they had a hard relationship, mm -hmm. a very hard relationship. And now they were taking care of this person who wasn't their favorite person all the time. Yeah. And then how you, how you come into your compassion right. with those people and still find the way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a really uh, humbling process and can be. Um, I feel like I, I just want to name both yeah. of my grandmothers because yeah. they both passed from Alzheimer's. Okay, um, wow. And had different relationships with both of their passing. Um, you know, both of them were incredibly powerful, loving, deeply caring um, people. Um, my grandmother, um, Ellen Joanne Burris, um, she passed away two years ago now. Um, and she had a really different relationship with the um, prognosis too. Like it was a, it was a slower prognosis. You know, some folks really suffer from, you know, uh, the dementia causing, you know, activating violence and panic and fear. Right. And, you know, some people get like softer and calmer, and, and it's just, it's just. I'm naming that because it's just. Like, oh, it's important. It's people such a think. Rate, yeah. Range of. Yeah. Of, of, experience and you know with both of them and both being such independent women and to, to watch them going from independent to really dependent yeah. and it's like it was like a different relationship yeah like I lost my grandmothers on one level before they passed along you know years before mm -hmm. and then when they passed and I'm experiencing this with my mother as well and her grief for her mother um it's like you know there's this with how I experience, you know, how we've experienced, you know, what it's like to be in your body when your body is uh, having a really hard time interacting with other bodies and, and minds here, and then to leave your body and this clarity of spirit that, you know, my mother and I have both experienced with both of these women posthumously. Like, um, what is, can I ask you to clarify for yeah. our audience who's, um, I don't want to say less spiritual, but yeah. uh, what you mean by that clarity of spirit, yeah, what that I means mean, for you. It's how we can only, how I can only name what yeah. it is, is, is my experience with them intuitively and mm -hmm. on a, you know, uh, when I, when I go to engage with them, when I think of them, you know, I don't engage with, I don't get the sense of somebody that is suffering anymore. Mm -hmm. I get, I, and I've actually, I've had visitations and dreams from both of them and, um, Wow. You know, they're very clear, they're very sharp. There's this, like, there's this alleviation of the suffering of a body mm -hmm. in pain and, in, you know, discomfort and the mind in pain and discomfort. And so, hmm. um, you know, and, and it's just, it's just been, that's one aspect of this process of, like, this specific disease of, you know, in the song I talk about, there's this, this part where, um, you know, my... So maybe I should just back up to the beginning of the song. Um, sure. Because also, this song is about two people. It's about somebody I don't know. And um, it's a lot of people that I don't know um, that are represented by, you know, this woman that inspired, helped inspire the song, and then my grandmother, Anna. Um, and she's also represents so many different people in, in the realm of, like, illuminating beyond, you know, who we see, particularly how we engage with elders. Like, we just see an old person. We don't see somebody's stories. And we also, like, often, you know, there's a, a really broad and unfortunate culture of 
um, not respecting elders as wisdom keepers. And, mm-hmm. um, and yes, we're like growing in different generations and like, yes, politics and all of that. And like, there's, you know, the, just a really unfortunate element of like how we disengage, like you said earlier with, um, with folks and how we perceive them. So there's Anna in the song and there's this woman that I, um, only witnessed. I was in a restaurant in San Francisco and, um, the restaurant was completely empty and I uh, was with a uh, old partner and I looked across the restaurant and there was this older woman sitting there reading her book and she was facing the door and she had this yellow rose on the table hmm. and I was like what is going on over there <laughs> what's the story I'm so curious <laughs> and I really just sat with it I was like and my heart just like started you know in relation to this person and I was just you know watching and wondering and it was like I've you know heard people you know I've seen in movies like people like signify or writing on a blind date (laughs) or something something on the table and so that kind of got my wheels turning and this was also during when my grandma was ill and I I wrote a couple songs during her passing because I was so in proximity with her um but these stories weave together. I don't know who Bethany is. Mm-hmm. That's not my grandmother's name, but okay. perhaps it's your grandmother's name or somebody's grandmother's yeah. name, and I just trust in that. Something came because through. Because that's the name of the character in this song. And, um, you know, it does talk about my grandmother's immigration. It talks about her coming to this country, which had, you know, this idea, this notion of, like, you know, of, of freedom, of, of possibility, and her really coming here and engaging with that you know, as a white immigrant and, um, yeah, then going into the song and just talking about, um, you know, it gets to the point where I'm addressing the disease, but before that I'm talking about like, you know, her love and like my, my step-grandfather, Josiah, who, um, had BLS, this really, you know, terrible disease like ALS, but different, um, you know, his mobility was really restricted, but he was going to take care of her come hell or high water when she was really sick because he loved her so much. Mm-hmm. I almost swore. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, you can. <laughs> it's allowed. And, you know, and so, like, it was imperative that he was, like, woven into this story. And, you know, he unfortunately passed, um, you know, not even six months or so after she did. Um, but, like, their love was so strong. And he, like, really took care of her. And it spanned, you know, many, many, you know, many years and, you know, she owned a cafe with her, you know, her daughters, which, like, also connected us to other members of our family in this, like, collected, adopted family that often happens, um, yeah. you know, as immigrants, as, um, you know, as how we build community and really, yeah. like, that becomes family. And um, it was called the Blue Sky Cafe in Mountain View. And nice. it was a really lovely place. And I think I maybe went a couple times as a baby, but um, they sold it. But it was, like, this livelihood and this beautiful garden and she was such a, a flower freak like she would like go walking through neighborhoods and like pinch little bits of you know different plants and like felt like my mother-in-law like garden. I think I need this yeah you know? totally yeah. And it's like this how we weave together you know and um just wanted to like illuminate that before just acknowledging that um this disease is really hard and yeah. I say it's been not been kind to her brain and she's having a hard time remembering and nothing's the same and nothing's what it seems, but mm-hmm. who's to really say, you know, what is going on? Like you're, you're talking about your client and seeing yeah. things that we're not seeing. And the preface of the song is, you know, the embodiment of this character waiting and, and she's waiting for her, her partner, even though he's, he's passed away, but she's showing up, she's showing yeah. up for that date 
and um, she's going to keep doing that because like that love's real and like that didn't change you know yeah. and so you know how do we how can we show up for our mothers and for our grandmothers and for the people that we work with in this way of like recognition and dignity and you know I think it's really hard with our medical system. Mm-hmm. And as a, I, I got my license as a CNA, a nurse's assistant, okay. and that work is so hard. And yeah. like, they are not paid enough money to do the physical, mental, psychological, spiritual work that it's required mm-hmm. to really properly take care of people in their most vulnerable moments. And um, you know, it, it, if yeah, if we're able to even just like recognize one's humanity and dignity in these 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 times of of age and of change and of illness at any age, um, it's so healing. It's like you know what hospice does. Like hospice is such an amazing organization because yeah. they really focus on quality of life versus quantity, and that lens shifts so much in terms of how are we just seeing each other? How are we just yeah. like showing up to make each other comfortable to listen? You know. To really listen to, to you know, to stories and how that like validates and mm-hmm. and keeps things alive. You know, keeps our stories is how we stay alive. So I yeah, care about that a lot. No, I, I what you're talking about is you meant referenced earlier the wisdom keepers. Mm-hmm. I think knowing your story is very powerful as well. Like inside the family, you yeah. know that you got that connection with your grandmothers and. Yeah your family and not everybody has that opportunity and there's often a lot of pain and suffering and wondering and it, it affects us as humans to not yeah. have that. Uh, I dated somebody who was adopted mm-hmm. and the biggest pain was the not knowing and the not being connected to the whole family, mm-hmm. you know, in different ways and uh, yeah, there's there's something there that's meant to be passed on and we, did, we used to not have books and YouTube and and movies, you know, people passed on stories. It was from the family, from experiences, and there's a lot less of that. And I, I um, would love for us to keep honoring that in some ways, mm-hmm. some way. And you know, maybe your song will be one of the things that <laughs> that passes that on, yeah, yeah or keeps yeah. that moving. Um, people write each other's songs, you know. And so, did you did you see your? I mean, throughout your life, were you? I, you saw your grandmothers a lot, or you know, were they far away? Were they close oh, yeah. by? Or <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't mean to just come right back to that, but it was, it, I'm more curious for the family dynamic because what you were talking about was amazing. I love to work intuitively. I don't yeah. have to be on a straight path. It was more. I'm, I'm still curious yeah. because uh, of our discussion earlier about you know the disconnection and connection with family. Some people do it really well. Grandma's taking care of the kids, mm-hmm. and you know they see each other and tell talk story. And mm-hmm. other times where it's just on holidays or even less than that, yeah. and you don't even know what you're missing, right. you know, because you yeah. haven't had it Overseas or, or something. right. Yeah, so, I definitely had the privilege of being um, close to in geographically to both of my grandmas. Um, Anna was in Mountain View area for a long time, and then she moved up to Woodland, which was near where my dad and mom live. Okay. Um, and then my grandma Jo, um, she was up in Oroville, near Chico area, California. Um, 
And how did so you guys manage? Okay, Sorry. how did you yeah. manage it? Did you go on your own? Did your family gather a lot during the year? Yeah. I'm just curious. I'm always curious how families yeah. work. I definitely you know? saw my grandma Joe less, unfortunately. Um, just because even just that little bit of distance, you know, and like I was living, you know, 10 minutes away from Anna okay. during her process. And like I was okay. in nursing or, you know, certified nursing assistant school at that time. Um, primarily, I think I did that training to help her mm -hmm. rather than take it on as a profession, even though I'm still in the, you know, holistic healthcare realm. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel really lucky with the amount of time that I did get to spend. My grandma, Joe, and my sister, Keelan, and I, you know, we were really close, especially as kids, and mm -hmm. she was just such a giver and an educator and um, such an independent woman, especially during her time, and, like, um, we would always go, you know, be going blackberry picking, <laughs> and she was, you know, a conservative in the best sense of, like, recycling before recycling was cool and composting <laughs> and like just being really mindful of resources and you know I just you know I'm able to say all of this because I was I was able to have proximity and like really receive these teachings and these you know these precious downloads from my elders from my grandmothers mm -hmm. like my uh I had you know my the first time I, I got my period I was 10 or not 10,000 10,000 miles <laughs> 3,000 miles away though from my mom okay. and I was with my grandma and I was in visiting her in California we had been living in Minnesota and I you know of course I thought I was dying I didn't know what the heck was going on no. and but I told her and like she just took care of me mm. and like you know she got materials together for me and my mom from Minnesota sent me a bouquet <laughs> of red carnations oh. which I was mortified but like yeah. you know I was like these were the women that were like holding me in this this mm -hmm. you know ceremony as I consider it now that we often don't mm -hmm. you know and I just feel so blessed that like you know they showed up especially when we live in a culture where there's we don't have that you know innately you know predominantly I guess American culture even though I Anyway, um, <laughs> it's okay. yeah, like I, I, there's, I have a lot of stories and I have a lot of memory mm -hmm. and, um, and that's because I got to be in proximity and closeness and trust with them. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, my grandmother did and grandma Joe did not get to stay in her home until mm -hmm. she passed. Um, and she was in a, a really sweet and loving, um, you know, assisted living. I mean, the, the, the units for folks with mm -hmm. Alzheimer's and dementia are really, you know, service specific because of, you know, because yeah. of the nature of the illness. Um, and she got to be in a really big, beautiful place and seemed, you know, happy and content. And like, I also, but also like, I, I don't know what it was like to be there. Like, of how course. much do we just like, you know, resign and like do the best we can to cope mm -hmm. with especially somebody that never wanted to put anybody else out ever like yeah. she was just an incredibly you know selfless person <laughs> you know she would you like something like oh, please take it you know oh like, my goodness and, um yeah so and every facility is different I yeah. know that uh you know my grandparents were in what was supposed to be a great place and I'm sure the people were nice yeah. but the first thing I noticed when I walked in there I was at the time it was during <clears throat> a bit of it when the rave scene was big so I remember coming <laughs> after one and I had like a lot of bright Ooh, colors on 
You're going to see this sometimes, uh, sometime, Ella, and be like, what? Uh, and I remember going, and I had some, you know, these, like, uh, bracelets that light up and yeah. whatever. And, and I didn't notice until I, I arrived. And it was, you know, everything else I was wearing is probably fairly dark, but I had this bracelet that, you know, lit up. Uh, with rainbow colors, and my grandmother just couldn't stop looking at it, mm. both my grandparents. And I looked around, and I was like, there's no color in here. Which is wild. It was like everything was like some combination yeah. of these curtains back here at the hotel. And uh, and I, I actually, it was just before I left for Czech Republic, um, without even realizing I was going to do that, and I had started a project, actually, which maybe I'll reactivate, guys, which was with um, trying to bring young people and old people together and having them bring color to these homes that didn't have any color, you know, by doing some art and whatnot. So and maybe that'll get revived. Music. And maybe a little tech music. No. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> maybe not that. But, but yeah, it, it woke me up. I didn't even think about it. The first time I came, the second mm -hmm. time I really noticed because they noticed and I thought, oh, wow, are they waiting for them to die or are they just right. sort of, or, you know, are they living or are they not living? And I think um, maybe hopefully things have gotten better in some some places right. and different places have different vibe. Uh, there's like a, a, I know that the local one, actually, they, a director changed recently and somebody said, I'm really excited because it seems like he really wants the people to live well while mm -hmm. they're here. You know, really being activated in a way that's comfortable for each person and whatever. So I and thought, it's a big job. That's it's a big like, job. It's a really. You know, it takes and there's so many action. individuals, yeah. and you know, like I, um, I don't, I forget what there was a program that, like the preschool. There was a preschool and like I don't know if it was like an uh, like an elderly like an elder center or mm -hmm. or if it was a home, but they were combining you know them together the programs together. Mm -hmm. um, I think they did bringing more life, bringing more purpose. Yeah, you know, and like I think that is so you know required. I, I don't. I, well, there's a lot that don't have what you have. They don't like the elders don't have a lot of family close by, right. or they're busy, and or young people who don't have their grandparents anymore and right. could really value or. Go Something volunteer. else is going on. Yeah, Go listen to Yay. some stories. Exactly. Yeah. I, Share I started stories. doing that actually on my own when I was like eight or nine. I lived across the street from uh, uh, a home in Minnesota, and I was like, I'm gonna go over there. And I made friends with. I've been trying to remember her name for like the last three weeks. It's crazy. I can't remember her name, but she taught me how to play cards, and she was just like, we'd, I just would go and hang That's out me. with her and visit, and like, I was I was fascinated by um, elder folks. Because, probably because they have a whole lot of experience yeah, and information right. and they've been here and they've experienced, you know, it's like, how are we, yeah. Wow, you, you, I, it's so funny because I, until you just said that, you just flashed something in my brain. I, for, it was only maybe three or four years, we used to live up in the hills in Forestville, mm -hmm. kind of near the Russian River. It's, I can't remember the name of the place now, but where you would not expect there to be, there was a little club and it was mostly elders mm -hmm. and it was just down from our house. And now that you're saying that, I was just thinking how I used to play out near that building and sneak in and play bingo with them. <laughs> and they're like, okay, you know, I was probably five or something yeah. like that. And it, but it's, there's something there. There's a vibe, you know, they, they, they are the keepers of wisdom and different experience and there's just something um, yeah, it's really essential uh, to and keep to, those like, generations also together. But in any way, you do, like you know, how do we also maintain? Like you were talking about earlier, like that whole relationship piece, and like it's really hard for a lot of people, especially if you've not only had a strained relationship but an abusive relationship, mm -hmm. and you know, especially around like you know how we 
like these are the mechanisms of how we pass down intergenerational trauma and like right. we get to also have the right to choose to not engage maybe right. you know and so it, but it's hard it's like especially seeing somebody ill and so it's I have in my own mm-hmm. experience which is really the only thing I can speak of is like it's just been a humbling process because mm-hmm. you know that's it's not all rainbows there for even for my own family like there's definitely skeletons that out of respect I'm not going to mention sure um that had real impact on um how people were able to show up and how Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's yeah it's definitely a really tender realm and it's you know in talking about isolation earlier it's like it is like the in Santa Cruz at the Museum of Art History um, they had this incredible exhibit recently. I, I don't know if it's still up, but um, but they were like highlighting elders in the area and their experiences, and mm-hmm. you know, naming like quoting a few of them. Nobody's touched me in a year and a half. I haven't had human oh, contact wow. in over a year. I don't. I haven't talked to anybody. Like I don't have a job, and so I'm on limited income. And then housing price. You know, it's like yeah. What What is the reality of growing old in this mm-hmm. country? And um, you know, if the exhibit was so beautiful because they also had a wall of like things you can do, like mm-hmm. here, like help, you know, um, right. or show up. And it was like from one was like there was this wall of different cards, and one was just like buy a cup of coffee mm-hmm. at this place, you know, at you know, or contribute here, or volunteer here, or you know, volunteer delivering meals, like basic. I love that stuff, idea. You know, we've got yeah. su- that's we've got such a great uh, senior center here and. Uh, there's a big elder community. I mean, right now there's a there's right. a lot of elders, you know, with the baby boomers and whatnot. And um, I was just saying to the lady yesterday when I was looking to have a location there for recording, I said I've actually been meaning to come in here because I really would like to contribute in some way mm-hmm. with you know the getting the word out, whatnot, um, online to do something with with people's stories. And she mm-hmm. sort of looked at me like, what do you mean? And I <laughs> said, we'll talk more when you guys reopen. Yeah. Because uh, it feels important somehow to, and especially as you said, if um, people's children or even families, depending on how long the memory goes down, you know, that's one of the great thing about grandparents and grandchildren as well is that a lot of the emotional stuff isn't isn't always there as far as the, mm-hmm. the trauma inside the family. And sometimes really it's, yeah. you know, it's hard to engage. And so giving an opportunity to connect um, to other people mm-hmm. who didn't experience that part. And people do, I don't believe that people change, but I think things shift. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, especially as people get older, there's a, something that softens. And I think that people, I've noticed that a lot of people who get Alzheimer's, I don't know your story, but the people that I worked with and people in the family, um, I think there's a reason they forgot some things. It, sometimes it's traumatic to remember how you've treated people and some of the things that have happened in your life. Happened to you. yeah. yeah, and uh, the forgetting brings peace in some way, mm-hmm. not necessarily to the people who still remember, you know, who didn't always get the chance to make peace uh, or to say their piece, or to have that conversation before they started moving into that realm. I know a few people that had that conversation where, with me who said, oh, I wish I'd been brave enough to have that conversation before it was too late. They're not there anymore. Yeah. And finding, you know, working with that, you know, on their own. So 
it's a big story, and I know we can't cover it all, but yeah. um, I really appreciate you coming and talking about Thanks for having your grandmother. Me. Yeah, no, well, they're just, you know, there's, there's something there, and maybe we'll have a continued conversation. Maybe we'll, you know, do something at the senior center yeah. sometime that uh, makes sense in the moment when things calm again. That sounds great. <laughs> Um, but if you don't mind, I would love to have you play something. Yeah. Would that work for you? Okay, this is my McNeil and Yellow Rose. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, um, this will be off of my album uh, that'll be coming out hopefully late May, early June. Um, it's called Waiting for the Light to Change, and it's mm. a 11 song compilation, and the song will be on it with a lovely band. Oh, can't yeah. wait. Thank you. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, so amazing. I got to give you a hug. <laughs> the last, last grunt, pre, <laughs> pre, whatever. Thank you so much uh, for everything. Um, I guess I'll take this off. I, I just would end with a, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ariel. Thanks for the feeling. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to our Very Imperfect Parenting Podcast. If you'd like a little more like live coaching sessions, then jump into facebook.com backslash IPParents. You can also write me at Ariel at imperfectparenting.net or jump on that site for other resources like book reviews and other fun things. If you would just share with one person or let one person know about this podcast, that helps us a lot. As well, we have Patreon with extra privileges and have a beautifully imperfect day. Thank you so much for being out there.